listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled What Religion Was Jesus? Hello my radio friends. I'm glad you've joined me today to get a biblical perspective on issues that relate to modern life. Did you know that there are tens of thousands of religions in the world with approximately 30,000 claiming in some way to be Christian? So which one is right? Probably the best way to answer that question is to ask What religion would Jesus be? That may be an unusual question and may surprise you. Nevertheless, it'll serve to help answer what many of you may have been wondering. First and foremost, Jesus was a Christian. Even greater than that, Jesus was the Christ. You can't get any more Christian than that. And that narrows the field down somewhat and rules out any religion that does not include Christ in its theology. Jesus believed in and spoke of the Trinity, that there being God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, each working in harmony and acting as one. Recorded in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus gave his disciples their commission. He said to them, Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So that rules out any religion that denies the existence of of the triune God, or, on the other hand, believes that God exists in one's own self or is in nature. And that narrows the field down quite a lot. Jesus could not be a Jehovah Witness nor a Christadelphian. Jesus believed in the Holy Spirit as an individual, not as some guiding force like electricity emanating from the throne of God. Such as in, as is in John 16, verses 13 and 14, Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit as He. The texts say this, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come? He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak. And he will show you things to come, and he shall glorify me. Jesus believed in a literal six-day creation. In Mark thirteen nineteen, he was telling his hearers about troubles that would come on the world in the future, and said this, because those will be days of distress, unequalled from the beginning when God created the world until now, and never to be equalled again. 
In the same book, Mark and chapter 10 and verse 6, Jesus stated this, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Jesus believed that mankind was part of the creation, made in the image of God. He never even made the slightest suggestion that man evolved from lesser life forms. Jesus believed that life was given by God, and the body plus life, sometimes referred to as the spirit, together makes up the person. Jesus did not even suggest that at death the spirit goes straight to heaven or paradise or hell. A clear statement was made by him when the disciples questioned him about the death of Lazarus. In John 11, verse 11 and verse 14, he said the following, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Because the disciples did not understand what Jesus meant, he further stated, Lazarus is dead. Jesus did not believe in Greek philosophy that taught that the spirit, the life, is self-existent and immortal, as many Protestant churches teach. Instead, he taught that he is the resurrection and the life. Life was given to man by God, the life giver. Jesus never taught that life is transferred from one life form to another. So that means that Jesus was not a Lutheran, a Methodist, a Congregational, a Presbyterian, and could not belong to the Uniting Church. Jesus believed in a literal devil, Satan. In Luke 10:18, he stated, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. During the temptation in the wilderness, Jesus had a direct confrontation with the devil, Satan. At the finish of this confrontation, Jesus said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The Bible then records, Then the devil left him. And that's from Matthew 4, verses 10 and 11. For a second time, that rules out the Christadelphians, who try to explain away the existence of Satan and the origin of sin in the world. Jesus also believed in and upheld the sacred scriptures. He quoted from the scriptures many times and used them to defeat his enemy, Satan. To the Jews, he said, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify of me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And that's from John 5 verse 39. Eternal life is not from the scriptures. It's from Jesus, the one the scriptures are all about. So, Jesus believed in sola scriptura, the authority of the Bible. And that rules out Roman Catholicism 
and Pentecostalism, as the Roman Catholics have as the basis of their belief, tradition plus the Bible, and Pentecostals hold that their rule of faith is partly the Bible and partly revelations of the Spirit. It also rules out Mormonism, as the Mormons regard the Book of Mormon as a higher authority than the Bible. It also rules out the Eastern religions of Buddhism and Hinduism, as well as Islam. Jesus believed and taught that salvation, that is being saved, or being given eternal life, is through his own sacrifice. He taught that man could be saved through belief and acceptance of him. In John 3.16, Jesus plainly stated that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That, for a second time, rules out some Pentecostals who say that you have to be able to speak in tongues in order to be saved. Jesus believed in baptism by immersion. Although Jesus lived a sinless life, he gave an example by being baptized himself by John. Matthew chapter 3 records the events of Jesus' baptism. In verse 16, the Bible says this, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. Jesus would hardly have needed to go up out of the water if he had been sprinkled or had some water poured over his face. He had been immersed, covered with water, as was the practice of baptism until many years later when compromise entered the Christian church. Might Jesus have been a Baptist? Well, Jesus believed that the Ten Commandments were valid and needed to be kept. In Matthew 5.17, he made a very positive and definitive statement on that subject. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law, until everything is accomplished. Straight after saying this, Jesus explained some of the commandments, pointing out the principles in detail. I'm aware that some Christian groups maintain that the Ten Commandments were nailed to the cross or abolished when Jesus died. These groups must have glossed over Jesus' statement that heaven and earth would disappear before the law was done away with? What was removed was the ceremonial law that had to do with the temple services and the animal sacrifices for the forgiveness of sin. 
those sacrifices were no longer needed as Jesus himself became the once-for-all sacrifice. So Jesus would not belong to any religious group that claims that the Ten Commandments were abolished. If the Ten Commandments were abolished, then there would be no means of identifying sin. And if there was no sin, there would be no need of a saviour, which then makes the death and resurrection of Christ pointless and Christianity to appear to be totally ridiculous. Jesus paid the penalty of the law. His very death shows that the law was and still is valid. Jesus believed in the second coming. In John chapter 14, he reassured us, Let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be with me where I am. Now, there are some groups that teach that there is a secret rapture and that the righteous people will be secretly whisked up to heaven and then later Jesus will return to earth with them and set up a kingdom on earth for a thousand years. But that idea does not make sense and is certainly not in harmony with the text I just read to you. Jesus will come back to earth, collect the saints and take them back to heaven. So that means Jesus could not belong to any of the evangelical groups that believe in the secret rapture. Now we're going to have a little break and we'll go on straight afterwards.
Jesus believed in the Old Testament. He often quoted from it and spoke of creation, the worldwide flood, of characters named in the Old Testament such as Moses, Adam, Israel, Jacob, Abraham, Daniel and Noah. He spoke of these people and events as facts, not as suppositions. So Jesus would belong to a church that maintains the integrity of the whole Bible, not just parts of it. Jesus believed in the accuracy of prophecy and the need to understand it. After his resurrection, there was a feeling of despondency and sadness amongst his disciples. As two of the disciples were making their way back to Emmaus, they were very unhappy that the one they had put their hopes in had been killed. The bottom had dropped out of their world. As they were walking, Jesus caught up with them, although in their grief they failed to recognize him. They couldn't understand what was going on. In Luke 24, verses 24 and 25, we read what Jesus said to them. You need to believe what the prophets predicted. Then you wouldn't feel so sad. Then, beginning with Moses and the writings of the prophets, he explained to them the meaning of the predictions which spoke about himself. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 15, Jesus explaining the destruction of Jerusalem and of the end of the world told his followers, When you see the nation referred to by Daniel the prophet as the abomination of desolation comes and surrounds Jerusalem, that will be the time to flee Jerusalem and go to the mountains. Jesus would belong to a church that understood prophecy. Many church groups avoid prophecy, especially the prophecies in the book of Daniel and also of the last book of the Bible, Revelation. They say that prophecy is too hard or too confusing to understand, so they just ignore those books. Yet those prophecies open up the Bible and the careful reader can see how the events and everything else fits in and makes sense. Jesus believed in the equality of man. Back in the time when Jesus was here on earth, there were distinct racial divisions. The Jews thought that they were superior to others whom they called the Gentiles. The neighbouring Samaritans were considered no better than animals, and any conservative Jew would feel polluted if he even set foot on Samaritan soil. But Jesus ministered to Jews and Gentiles, bringing the good news of salvation to the Samaritans and healing the daughter of a Syrophoenician woman as well as healing the servant of a Roman centurion. Jesus was not a white supremacist. He regarded everyone with the same tender compassion, 
no matter what their race, social status or gender. There are some church groups that regard themselves as exclusive and therefore superior to anyone else. But Jesus would never belong to those kinds of groups as he is open to all people. One of those groups have followed the teachings of one of the reformers, John Calvin. Their belief, known as particular redemption, basically means that God has some kind of lottery system and picks out various individuals whom he wants to save. Particular redemption has nothing to do with our personal choices. It is only to do with God's choice. So whether we want to be saved or not, we can't do anything about it, according to them, as God has some people locked in and others locked out. But that's not what Jesus believed or taught. He said quite plainly, Whosoever believes should not perish but have eternal life. And that's from John 3.15, and it's also repeated in John 3.16. On another occasion, Jesus announced, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He was not talking about physical thirst, but a spiritual thirst, a longing to become right with God. You will have noticed that the invitation is open to anyone. Therefore, Jesus could not belong to any Calvinistic particular redemption group. Now, Jesus believed in and kept the seventh-day Sabbath. He announced in Mark 22, uh, sorry, Mark 2, verse 28, that he was the Lord of the Sabbath. The seventh-day Sabbath, as instituted by God at creation and emphasised in the Ten Commandments, is therefore the Lord's Day. Sunday never was and is not the Lord's Day, as many churches would have us believe. Sunday is the day Jesus rose from the dead. But it's not the Lord's Day. Saturday is. Jesus never even hinted that the Sabbath should be changed from the seventh day of the week to the first day. He kept the Sabbath. Luke 4.16 tells us that. It says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. You know, even in the tomb, Jesus rested on the Sabbath day. On one occasion, speaking about the destruction of Jerusalem and of the end of the world, referring to a future time when he would be back in heaven, Jesus told his followers, But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Jesus would belong to a Sabbath-keeping church. Would he be a Jew? Well, he denounced the Jews because they rejected him. As well as that, they were governed by tradition, 
which Jesus also denounced. So, who's left? Who would Jesus identify with? Friends, Jesus loves everyone and wants all to be saved. But which Christian group teaches all the truths that he taught and practised? I'm not going to answer the question for you. You must answer it yourself. Think about it. Well, that's it for today. Until next time, I wish you blessings and joy and peace and hope. Many years he walked in darkness As he groped along the streets With his hand stretched out for pennies Or just a bite to eat It's the story of a blind man Who met Jesus on his way With the master's touch The man looked up as the scoffers heard him say Somebody touch me Somebody touch me Oh, I was blind But praise his name Now I can see I was in darkness When Jesus found me But since he touched me I now am free One day he touched a crippled man And made him walk again And the master saw with pleasure He had not labored in vain Like the story of that crippled man I once was bound by sin Since the master came Oh, praise his name I now can say Somebody touch me Somebody touch me Praise his name, now I can see I was in darkness when Jesus found me But since